0: This podcast contains explicit material. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to this mini text episode of the Joy of Text. I'm Sarah Rosner-Lawrence, and I'm here with Rabbi Dov Linzer, Rosh Hashivan president of Yeshivat Chovei Torah, and with Dr. Batheva Marcus, clinical director of May's Women's Health. Hey, everyone.
1: Hi. Hey, Sarah, how are you?
0: Good. So what text do you have for us today?
1: So I picked one from Tractate Brachot, 24a, and this is in the discussion of saying the Shema and what types of things might be considered to be inappropriate or a distraction while saying the Shema. So it reads as follows. Uh, So Rav Yosef asked Rav Yehuda. If two people are sleeping in the same bed and the assumption is they're sleeping naked with their backs to one another, can they turn their faces away so it's now their backs are facing one another and they're in the same bed naked and can they save the Shema? Um, so let's, I'm going to switch to the English. So that's the question. Is that considered to be a concern of nakedness or a distraction? So he said to him, Shmuel said as follows, it is permitted to say the Shema, even if his wife is in bed with him and even if they're naked as long as their backs are to one another. So if it's permitted with his wife, certainly it would be permitted, but this is a case of two men sharing a bed. So Rav Yosef objected to this. Do you mean to suggest if it is permitted with his wife, it's obviously permitted with someone else? On the contrary, his wife is like his own flesh. Another is not like his own flesh. And Rashi here says, with his wife, he's accustomed to her, and there's not so much of a concern of sexual thoughts. So I'm going to pause there right now.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm just like,
1: <laughs> um, the text goes on, and if we have time, we'll read the next two paragraphs. But I, I find this text fascinating because it deals with the issue about sexual arousal and says, you know, maybe if it's with his wife, he's used to her, not so much. But the other scenario is a man in bed with another man and their backs are to one another. And that the Gemara is considering might be more sexually aroused. No, no, more sexually arousing I'm than being th- at first being thought it would be more, more permissible, but then it thinks maybe it'd be more of a problem than being in bed with a man with his wife.
2: Because it's more unusual. Yeah. Because he's saying it's not something he's accustomed to. I we gotta unpack this and please and separate Really fascinating. Things. <laughs> right. Well, yes. I mean, I think there I'm not gonna pretend that there's nothing true about the fact that you're in bed with your wife all the time, so that theoretically may be less sexually arousing. But it would be bad if we got to a point where we said, well, no problem, because you're so used to seeing your wife that you never get sexual. Like, it's it's just not a turn on. And that's a problem. Although this is saying back to back. Yes.
1: It's assuming that they're naked, but that they're back to back. So just
2: knowing his wife is there, not actually seeing
1: his wife. Right. But they might be touching, like their buttocks might be touching. Gemara well, like does discuss a, that later. It does yeah. discuss
2: that. Whoa, this is getting into <laughs> lots of detail. Um, it's so interesting.
0: Yeah, I feel like I feel like I'm a little bit surprised that Rashi is assuming that he wouldn't be aroused by the presence of his wife, but would be aroused by the presence of another man. Right. Like it seems surprisingly like non-heteronormative. I
1: know because the Gemara usually. Um, you know, acts as if homosexual desire is something that's completely bizarre, that, you know, and it, that there's a line in the Gemara that, uh, that, that you know, Jews, that's the thing for non-Jews, you know, two men sleeping together. Jews don't do that type of stuff. So, and here the Gemara actually thinks that it could be that there could be sexual thoughts with two men where it doesn't have it with um, a husband and his wife.
2: So I'm going to suggest something which may be really way out there, but sexual thoughts does not necessarily mean you're attracted to the other person, right? Mm. It just maybe makes you thinking about sex in Mm. a way that you maybe shouldn't be thinking about sex, right? So you're in bed with another man. You're not necessarily aroused by the other man, but you notice... Maybe their genitalia, you notice what they look like, and you start thinking, it makes you think about sex, mm-hmm, and maybe mm-hmm. your mind shouldn't be on sex. Mm-hmm. Could that be an alternative, or yes. it seems sort of unlikely? No, it's
1: totally possible. The Gemara doesn't say what exactly he's thinking, just that it's too much of a distraction, distraction. of an inappropriate thoughts, to be saying the Shema.
2: Right. And the... And, It is sort of interesting. So you're facing your wife. That's not okay. They're assuming that's not okay. Even if your
1: back is to your wife. Oh, no, facing is not okay. Facing okay is not not okay. Your back is to your wife. Is okay. Is
2: more okay. Maybe not so crazy as long as again you are consciously not trying to think about sex and consciously trying to think about
1: the shaman. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So all right, I'm gonna let's keep on reading because uh, it gets even more interesting. It was taught in a brayta, one who is sleeping in a bed and his unclothed children and members of his household are beside him, normally members of his household means wife, may not recite the Shema unless a garment separates between them. If his children and the members of his household were minors, it is permitted. Okay, then, then the... It Marce- definitely doesn't
2: mean avadim here, right? You're not talking about... Ah, uh, I can't servants imagine.
1: Sir. I can't imagine. Okay, fine. So if his children and the members of his household were minors, even though they are unclothed, it is permitted to recite the Shema. Until what age? But said, a girl until she is three and one day, a boy until he's nine years and one day, and some say a girl 11 years and one day old and a boy 12 years and one day old, when they reached the verse of, your breasts were formed and your hair was grown, this is meaning from that, puberty. Right. This is the one you read in the Haggadah, Haggadah. right? Which yeah. seems so out of place. So l- let me just say what it's saying here. It's saying that it's assuming that you, a man might be sleeping naked in the same bed with his uh, children, even after they have reached puberty. It's just when they get to that age, you can't say Shema with them in the bed. Right? it's not saying that they can't be in the bed together naked so I find that also fascinating I
2: think one of the things we have to really notice here is how sociological this is right like in 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 a lot of the Scandinavian countries people walk around their house naked mm-hmm. right people sleep naked they walk around I don't know if they share beds naked but we are living in a place where that is completely not like accepted as norm normative mm-hmm. but but there are places where it is, and it's not. And I feel like because it's not accepted, it's so highly sexualized, mm-hmm. which is, has its own kind of like weird thing going on with it. So, yeah, I I feel like it's it's kind of nice, even though I know this is going to be horrifying to people to hear this because nobody seems capable these days of understanding mm-hmm. that there are cultures that are different than our own.
0: Yeah, it's it's really interesting because I mean, you can probably shed more light on this than I can, mm-hmm. but um, from from my understanding, like. The Gamara tends to assume that people maybe only had one bed for the whole family Mm -hmm. and like people didn't really have pajamas, you know, like in in a in a society where you can't do laundry, you know, everyone just has one garment. So um so yeah, I I I definitely think it's a great point that we need to read this, not so much with our, you know, Western, hypersexualized lens, but read it more, you know, mm-hmm. sociologically from where the Gemara
1: was at. Totally, totally. But I, I still find it funny. I mean, I could imagine walking around in your house naked, but it still seems to me a father sleeping with his, you know, daughter once she has reached puberty. And once she is, you know, is much more outwardly, you know, potentially attractive to, to a man. Right. Um, you know, does that not seem strange to you? To, I mean, even in these Scandinavian countries, you think they do that?
2: I sleep in beds together? Sleep naked well, they, in beds together? They walk around. I mean, again, I can't say that I'm very, you know, hyper, like, knowledgeable about this, but I do know that people walk around, literally walk around naked, like mm-hmm. no pants, men, women, fathers, daughters, mm-hmm. and nobody sort of thinks twice about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think that people get used to... Categories in their head unintentionally. Mm-hmm. I think we get, right? Like if you go to a beach, if you go to a topless beach in Europe or something, mm-hmm. nobody is sexualizing the way people
1: mm-hmm.
2: look. Like mm-hmm. they're just not. Mm-hmm. And you think, well, how are people so different? Because if a woman took her top off at a beach here, like that would be very noticed. It, there is something about the fact that we get socialized and to create categories in our brains that maybe people really do just sort of like your kids are like off limits because I, mm-hmm. I don't think there's any data to suggest that there's more, you know, incestuous relationships in, mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. Scandinavian countries. Oh. I've never seen that. So it seems to me like it just becomes maybe it's the opposite even. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe one could argue the opposite. Like this is just it's you don't think the same way about your family members.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, a little bit like maybe the way we see Knees or ankles. Right. Do you know, like if you go into really Haredi communities, knees right. and ankles are really, and we were like looking at each other, like, why do you think that about knees and ankles? Even if it's your mother's knees or your daughter's knees right. and ankles, you don't think about that. Right. So I, I think there's a lot, a lot of power in the way we're socialized. And I feel mm. like as a society, we're very limited that we think the way we see things and the way we understand things is the real way or the, you know, the 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 genuine way. And and we're very un, un you know, giving about the fact mm-hmm. that other cultures other times saw things differently. Mm.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that the point about you know, socialization of how we see nudity as being a really powerful point here and like even even here it's like like the assumption seems to be that there's nothing inherently wrong with being naked with one another maybe i guess it's assuming like that just isn't seen as like a true like like sexualized situation but at the same time it's still saying like but don't look at them while you're saying shema so that kind of makes me think that maybe bacheva's earlier suggestion that like it's more about just like some like just something about like seeing nakedness in general just might stimulate some kind of sexual imagination, even if it's not directly about the person you're looking at, but just kind of like
1: mm-hmm.
0: there's something about exposure to nudity that might just slightly, you know right. turn your mind in that direction and that that wouldn't be appropriate while saying while doing this like highly religious. Right. Thing that right. requires focus. But I do um, want to remind
1: you that the case in the Gemara is that backs were to one another, so it might be just but being aware that somebody is naked in the same bed with you or something, but and touching possibly touching you. So, do they, they,
2: they talk about the butts touching each other? Because yeah, that's say... the
1: next. Uh, that's the next discussion in the Gemara. Oh,
2: interesting. <laughs> and what do they say?
1: Uh, it says why well, you know the Gemara is concerned that if their buttocks are touching one another, why isn't it that you're touching something that's considered erva nakedness? So that's and the Gemara says, well, buttocks don't constitute nakedness, and then so whole discussion. So
2: interesting. So that. That would, would even further that argument, that the, the fact that your buttocks are touching are not because it's stimulating, it's because you shouldn't be touching something. Right. So yeah, I think it always, whenever we're looking at texts, would ask us to sort of move outside ourselves. Honestly, I think it's a really useful exercise in general. I feel like mm. as a society, the more we understand that there are norms that are outside our own, the better we all are. Mm. The less judgmental we are and the little bit more understanding we are and the of, of ourselves as well as other people. So, mm.
1: Thank you. Great text. Thank
2: you. Very touching text. (laughs) (laughs)
0: This episode of The Joy of Text was recorded by Mike Hurst, was produced and edited by Max Hollander, and is a project of the Lindenbaum Center at YCT. If you have questions or comments you'd like to share with us, you can do so anonymously at www.thejoyoftext.org. The Joy of Text is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, or any podcast app. If you like what you hear, show us your support by giving us a five-star rating and stay up to date with our latest episodes and live events by following us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.